0: Welcome to Foster Career Experience, a podcast featuring interviews with people who've had experience with the foster care system about their lives, their career journeys, and their stories of navigating the workplace. We all bring unique histories with us in our jobs, and by understanding each other's experiences, we can make the workplace better for everyone. Today's episode features Vanessa, a millennial who works in social services. When she was a kid, Vanessa would spend hours in her caseworker's office, eating candy, asking questions, and just taking everything in.
1: I like blue raspberry Jolly Ranchers. And one of the workers always had this candy dish um, on her desk. And we would have to sometimes spend time in the office. And I would go into her office and... I am such a very why kid. Like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And so I literally probably learned the job when I was like eight because I just would not leave them alone. And instead of fighting with me, they would just let me sit there. So she would um, separate the blue ones. And so I came in one day and I was like, oh, all the blue ones are gone. And she opened her drawer and she's like, I saved them all for
0: you. These memories stuck with Vanessa. Inspired by the positive experiences that she had had with her caseworkers, Vanessa grew up and decided to become a social worker as well.
1: Oh, well, I think I would have gone down a similar path as my parents if I didn't have that structure and support from the good workers that I, I was blessed to have throughout my, my experience in here. I wanted to come back and work for the department and give perspective that isn't quite often brought to the table. Um, I I worked in um, a a unit where we um, kind of vetted prospective foster parents and finalized adoptions, and so given some of my history, um, I felt like that was one of the most important jobs because we're licensing people to take care of these kids.
0: Vanessa's experience in foster care gave her a unique perspective, to empathize and advocate for the children in her care. But her trauma also made aspects of her job even more painful.
1: In the beginning, I had a really hard time um, setting those boundaries, but burnout is real and it takes just a little bit of time to become overwhelmed. So I had to work through that in the beginning with my my supervisor um, to find that work-life balance. Um, I know that there were some times where I became very emotionally vested um, in, in things because I saw a different perspective um, and I knew like certain placements of kids in adoptive homes weren't, weren't the right match. And I was trying to um, explain that. Like it's, it's not like a blind date where you're just like, here's a nice family. Why don't you go be placed with them? Um, and so those things would burn me out and like wear me out because I was just constantly, um, you know, like thinking about that on and off the clock. It took me many, many years to learn emotional regulation, to not be triggered by having to respond on call to a domestic violence dispute. Um, there were some things that like, I essentially, I would say I did exposure therapy because, I just was like thrown into them. And I mean, I, I shared a lot of it with my supervisors and they were very supportive, but um, finding that boundary because of my history was very, very hard. And also finding that good, like a good way of coping with things in the beginning was also very hard. Um, so I think it's just, um, you have to have that internal conversation um, and remember that at the end of the day, you know, you have a family to go home to, you have responsibilities and the life outside work. And, um, you know, you cannot let this consume
0: you. Responding to calls, like domestic violence disputes, were especially hard for Vanessa because while she was in foster care, her mom was killed in a domestic dispute. This meant that she lost her mom and her dad on the same day when his parental rights were terminated. On this day of great loss, Vanessa also remembers who was there with her. Vanessa's caseworker, who was eight months pregnant at the time, came to Vanessa's school to notify Vanessa and to be with her in person.
1: I just remember telling her like, you're eight months pregnant. Why are you here? Like, why are you doing this? And she just cared so much about me.
0: And- Likewise, when Vanessa's adoptive dad died on her 23rd birthday, she remembers the caseworkers from her internship who showed up for her alongside other members of her rural community.
1: I lost my adopted dad when I was doing my practicum at, at the um, county office, and so they supported me through all that. Like, they showed up to the funeral. So it was very, like, it takes a village kind of mindset. And so when when we approach, when I approach the work that I do, I remind people that, you know, your supports and your families aren't always blood. You know, it's you know, just because you're not related by genetics doesn't mean that they, you can't find support in other people and other things.
0: Throughout her life, Vanessa received so much love and support from her caseworkers, therapists, and other members of the foster care community. When she started her first job as a social worker, she was shocked that the environment that she had seen as so happy and stable when she was a foster kid... Had just as many ups and downs as any other job.
1: I just was really expecting um, what my workers showed me as a kid—like they were always happy, like things were always, you know, in order, like they never had any issues. Um, and so I was just shocked to learn that it's not all uniform. Um, I mean, as you know, in any job, there's politics, bureaucracy, all that stuff. And so I think I was really shocked. Um, when I saw some of those things. So I was just shocked that some of my colleagues were carrying the caseloads that they were and managing their life outside. And just like parents that abuse their kids, workers who get exhausted and fail to do things, like those things happen. But I think that there's a better way to hold people accountable. There's, there's more, there's a need in training. There's a need in, in supervisor support within the last, um, you know, however many years I've been, over five years I've been with the department, um, there's been a great change because of the advocacy that the workers are now doing.
0: Other people also recognize Vanessa for her advocacy and the difference that it makes.
1: It's like someone said I'm a barracuda for advocating (laughs) because I just do not back down. Um, And I'm not like unprofessional or unruly, but like, I really think that if we're going to make decisions for kids in foster care and families in the long run, they need to be seen more, seen as more than just case numbers. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of good workers, um, but I also recall moments where I was at the table, but not given a voice to work. I mean, there's a lot of people I've met that have been, have had some kind of foster experience um, that work, that come back and work for the department. And I think a lot of our our thought is the same, is we want to be the change. We want to be someone who we, you know, see that other kids need, and we want to be that voice so that, you know, foster kids aren't left silent without an opportunity for someone to speak for them or advocate for them, Um, as well as with families. You know, the prevention piece is also very important because if we can work really hard at the front end of things, maybe we won't be separating so many families at
0: the end Vanessa currently works in a new unit for child protective services in her state that is focused on prevention. She contacts families who have been reported for neglect or abuse, and she helps them obtain the services that they need to meet their needs.
1: My heart is really big with prevention because um, I feel like if we had something like this growing up, maybe my parents would have had that support that they needed to work their treatment plans.
0: Vanessa has big plans for the future. She wants to do everything. She wants to get her counseling license, become a social worker at a school, maybe even open her own counseling practice. Yet, no matter how much she achieves or how much she grows, Vanessa's past experiences will still be with her.
1: If you have a traumatic upbringing or you have a cycle of generational cycles of repeat maltreatment or abuse or neglect or addiction, substance abuse, things, domestic violence, whatever it is, you don't know how to break that because that's normal to you your whole life. And these people essentially intervened in my life at many points from childhood to even adulthood to remind me that I'm more of just more than my trauma. I'm more than my sometimes bad coping skills. I'm more than the bad choices I make. I'm human. There were other people in me that other people around me that looked at me and said like You can't give up." And so it's because of a lot of those. People that I didn't give up, even after I endured so much trauma and, and grief and loss.
0: Vanessa hopes that more people will learn about issues in their communities and get involved, that they'll become part of the village that she attributes to her own success.
1: The best way to really get involved is to get involved. And so I think if we were to break down that stigma Maybe as a community, we can collaborate and, and, and be that village that it takes to, you know, help raise these children. And so I think it's just, you know, um, educating yourself at, in what your your child welfare system does in your state and, and learning. Like, if you really are concerned and, and want to get involved, like pick up the phone and call, even if you want to volunteer, donate stuff whatever the case is, like, there's always ways to get involved. Um, But I just think, like, ignorance is bliss. And so if people continue to just kind of go off of what they see on the news and not actually get involved and educate themselves, you know, knowing that the people that they vote for sometimes put into place these laws, there's a whole system. It's not just the social workers that cause these issues. Um, So it's just, you know, if you see something, say something learn about what your, your system does and, and how you can help and, and make it better.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Sam Heimbach, was produced by Zachary Webb. Podcast art and website design are by Hanna Finvez of HMF Design. Music is from Soundstripe. This podcast was funded in part by the Batten Savoy Scholarship offered through the Human Dimensions of Organizations Master's Program at the University of Texas at Austin. You can learn more about this episode and others at fostercareerexperience.com. Thank you.